And welcome back to Beyond, Beyond the, the Void. Horror Podcast. That's right. It's episode 185 this week, and we are continuing our Omen franchise with parts two and three. Damien, the Omen 2, and The Final Conflict, Omen 3. Ooh. So it's been a little while since uh, you know, we've seen these. We've mentioned that in the previous episode. If you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend you check that one out as well and follow us along in this franchise so that you can kind of see if you agree with us, if you don't. Um, there's a lot of mixed opinions about this franchise, and I don't necessarily think they're wrong. I think it's just you're either into it or you're not. And it's just kind of one of those franchises. So uh-huh. that's uh, I can't wait to finish this up. This will be the second to last episode so next week we're going to be doing the awakening omen four was that a tv movie yeah i think so it was the canadian one. Oh, okay it's about a girl or something like that so i don't know how they're going to spin it because i don't i don't think i've seen it but it's easy to get that mixed with like amityville or something <laughs> weird i don't know it kind of reminds me of that for some reason but so how have you been I'm tired. How are you? You're tired. Yeah. We were up late last night. I kept her up because a lot of things happened. Because a package didn't come. <laughs> a package didn't come in and it right, started first freaking all, out. I, so we had to go walk I, all the way down to the, the other house that always gets our packages. When we don't have our regular mailman, they, for some fucking reason, send it to a house with the same first digit as ours. Every single time. Yes. Like, and it's like, dude. So I had to, we had to walk the dog down there and go talk to this guy. And, you know, he usually brings us the packages, but he forgot. And I was like, you know, we, we, we always get the same. He always gets our packages and it's annoying. Yeah. Because when you order something, it should come to your fucking house. <laughs> but I don't know how they mix it up. Well, it's, it's, the numbers are close. They're so similar. It is not that, that close. I mean, we're talking like, you know, if there's four numbers, this, the second, number is like the same as the first and they're fucking mixing it up well it, it says it right on the fucking package god i'm not a mathematician here but you know <laughs> anyway so yeah that was uh kind of annoying and then we after me ranting and raving about that for a minute because i was worried that i would never get it she ended up having to stay up late to watch the second movie. So she was not happy with me. <laughs> no, no. But anyway, guys, so we've been pretty much just keeping busy here. Uh, still kind of staying inside. It seems like for some reason, like we've been on this like kick of uh, picking up some movies recently. 
You mean you've been on a kick? Well, yeah, but I mean, it's all like like prepping for the podcast. Seems like we're always into like children with mind powers. Like that's been like the the last four weeks or something like that and evil and all this other shit. Right. And we had Kathy's curse and we had all this other shit beforehand. So it's like we, I don't know why, but I guess, you know, when you watch horror movies, you're just like on this kick and you're like into that kind of fucking subgenre, I guess. But it's like somehow just magically like stuck together and it just seems like we're doing mind powers with everything <laughs> so and and the funny thing is is we got the beyond the door finally in the, the trilogy beyond the door uh one two and three two is called shock and those are kind of like exorcist movies and like demonic shit but i'm a huge fan of demons and shit like that regardless if i believe in it or not i just love demons i don't know what it is right I think it's great. There's a lot of room to like do weird shit with it. In fact, there's a new fucking anthology coming out with all demons. It's got like 13 directors. It's like 13 uh, shorts directly associated with demons. And it's called We Are Many Uh for we for We Are Many. So I'm looking forward to that. That looks good. I, I think it looks cool. I don't know. What do you guys think? Have you seen the trailer yet? I posted it in our Do You Love Horror group. So, and also I want to mention, by the way, we're going to be, I picked up Lucius 3. If you guys don't know what Lucius is, it's a video game that I have played parts one and two. The first one was the best. Second one was just tropey fun, like being Damien. Cause essentially the story is about this kid named Lucius who is pretty much Damien. So I figured I'd pick up Lucius three and we could play that sometime soon here on the Twitch channel, which should be a lot of fun because it's got a lot of the same kind of uh, charisma as these movies. And you know, maybe we can play that this or next week. So we play Monday, Wednesday and Saturday nights at 5 p.m. PST. If you haven't already, follow the Discord group link down below, and that will basically let you know when I'm going live on Twitch. We have a lot of friends in there and a lot of really cool people who uh, participate in the Twitch stream there. But anyway, yeah, I hope to see you guys there. You can follow the link down below at twitch.tv forward slash Deacon Rain. But uh, yeah, I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horse shots! All right, guys, so we decided to pick one of the movies, of course, like we always do to theme around this shot, and we picked Omen 3, The Final Conflict. Originally, it was called just The Final Conflict because of the popularity of The Omen, people knew what it was, but because there's been so much distance since the movies have come out, a lot of new people don't know what it is, so they've rechanged the name to Omen 2 or Omen 3, The Final Conflict, etc. So... We base this one off of Omen 3, The Final Conflict. The one with Sam Neill, and they finally brought back the dog. We were happy about that. And he mentions being the son of a jackal a lot in the fucking movie. So we thought, what better way to celebrate this horror shot for this week than to have what we call the milk of the jackal. Ew, don't. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I forgot to push the button off. <laughs> anyway, guys, so what is in a the milk of the jackal? 
Well, it is three ingredients and you're going to do a third of each. You're going to do one third tequila rose, one third vanilla Jim Beam, and one third... It's coconut creamer. Coconut creamer, whatever you can find. But that should blend together pretty well. We haven't tasted it yet. We have poured the shots. Did you do this on ice? No. Oh, boy. Eh, It's probably fine. It's fine. It's still cold. (laughs) Yeah. But before we shoot this, we got to say... True evil is as pure as innocence. True e Yeah, let's take a shot. <laughs> it's actually not that bad. Yeah, that's not that bad. Oh, there it is. It's got a little bit of an afterkick, but... Woo! It's really not that bad. Uh, you know what? That coconut creamer, I gotta tell you, I've been looking for that forever. Our stores have been out of it, and yeah. finally I saw it. It was like, oh. There's no one to go get the cocoa nuts. <laughs> Okay, coconut. It was my first time with. I really, really like coconut creamer now. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. good. That tasted good with the shot. Everything's like very vanilla, strawberries, and like cream. Yeah. So it's like you know those three mixed together. So it's pretty good, guys. I mean, if you want to try it out, uh, it's you can buy those for like a dollar a piece. You know, basically, I don't know about the coconut creamer, but if you want to substitute it for like vanilla cream, you can do that as well. It's good. But yeah. So if you would like to try the milk of the jackal, all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shots section. Now, that's it for horror shots. All right, guys. So now we're going to continue the franchise of The Omen with Omen 2, Damien, and The Final Conflict, Omen 3. (laughs) Right now. it off obviously with the in chronological order so go ahead christina all right damien omen 2 from 1978 damien the antichrist now about to turn 13 years old finally learns of his destiny under the guidance of an unholy discipline of satan (gasps) meanwhile who would have guessed (laughs) meanwhile dark forces begin to eliminate all those who suspect the child's true identity. Mm. Tagline, the first time was only a warning. Yeah, because that's right, because in the original movie. It was it the was, first time or first one? No, it says the first time was huh, okay. only a warning. Yeah. It's like, oh, it gets a lot worse, guys. You better buckle the fuck oh, up. Ho, 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 ho. Damien's got a few tricks up his sleeves. <laughs> He's got a few tricks up his hooves. His hooves. Yeah. Little cloven-shaped penis. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, <laughs> directed by Don Taylor, who also did The Island of Dr. Moreau from mm. 1977. Mm-hmm. Tom Sawyer, he also directed Escape from the Planet of the Apes. He's done lots of TV shows, including a lot of episodes of Dennis the Menace, Alfred Hitchcock Presents. And this film also has a co-director, an uncredited co-director, Mike Hodges. Right. Who also, and he's also directed uh, Flash Gordon from 1980. Right. And I have some trivia on that, so we'll talk about that a little bit. Oh, good. Because I don't. Um, This story was written by 
Harvey Bernhard. And he also had a walk-on part in the first Omen. Mm-hmm. And he has a walk-on part on the Final Conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also pro- he was a producer on The Lost Boys, you know, the movie with the vampires. You know I've never movie? heard of it. No? Have no. you heard of The Goonies? Because he also was no. a producer on The Goonies. No, didn't know that. What's that? <laughs> Is it Goonies? Sounds weird. Uh, the, the screenplay was written by Stanley Mann. He also wrote Firestarter and Conan the Destroyer. Mm. And of course, this was based on the original characters by David Seltzer. I'm not going to go through right. all that again. You can listen to the first episode. This movie stars William Holden, who plays Richard Thorne. He was also in that Network movie from 1976 and The Towering Inferno from 1974, which we have- Just at- watched recently, yeah. Yeah, we watched recently. Lee Grant, who plays Anne Thorne. Uh, she's done lots of TV movies in the 80s, and she was also in Mulholland Drive from 2001. Jonathan Scott Taylor, who plays Damien, he's from Brazil. He's actually a British actor. Um, he was in a movie called Triangle from 1981 and The Mill on the Floss from 1978. Okay. He doesn't act anymore, but he's actually a lawyer based in the UK. Oh, interesting. Right? Lucas Donat, who plays Mark Thorne, the cousin, and this was his only movie. We got Robert Foxwell, who plays Paul. He also played Rob in The Prophecy from 1979. Okay. And he was the voice of Ratchet from the Transformers movies. He was in Six Feet Under, and he's done, you know, lots of TV. Okay. Nicholas Pryor, who plays Dr. Charles Warren. He is a soap opera actor who was on Port Charles for six years. Yeah, he's really familiar. He's been in a lot of stuff I've seen before. Right. Beverly Hills, 90210, uh, Murder, She Wrote, you know. Uh, he, and he's actually had a minor role in Dr. Sleep and The Hung- Hunger Games. Okay. Uh, all right. Lou Aries, who plays Bill, mm-hmm. he was on Salem's Lot, the TV show. Um, and he was also on Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Sylvia Sidney, who plays Aunt Marion, she's best known for playing Juno in Beetlejuice, of course, and she, her last movie was Mars Attacks. Oh, yeah. She was also, yeah, Beetlejuice was a big one, but she's been in a ton of stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she actually started on, on Broadway, and she's been on a lot of Broadway movies as well in her younger years. Lance Hendrickson, who plays Sergeant Neft, he was Bishop in Aliens. He was in The Terminator, Near Dark, Hard Target, Mom and Dad, you know, the movie with yeah. Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Um, Paranormal Island, Hollows Grove. That's fine. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> everybody knows who no, Lance but is. But I got to tell you, he was also in The Strain, the TV show. What, what am I? I like that show. Anyway, okay. the budget was $6.8 million. During opening weekend, only made $3 million. It's conflicting, too, because there's some people that say it was $5.2 million, but we don't really know what the budget was for the fucking, you oh, know, yeah. for how much they spent on advertising and shit. Yeah, It could exactly. have been a lot because, the- I mean, it is the sequel to The Omen, so right. they might have overdone it a little bit, and that's why, because you said it made how much? It made, well, opening weekend, it made three point eight. Oh, that's not good. No, it's not good. And it made $26.5 million at the box office. Right. So it usually like it's like a three or four times the amount that you spend is is considered success or. Right. You know, so it must have been really close to below that because they overspent on advertising or something. I don't know, because this didn't do as well as they talk of it as though it didn't do very well, considering when the omen was made on like half of that budget and it made so much money. Yeah. So close to 60 million. So 20 times the amount of money, you know what I mean? That they spent. Right. But 
So what were your thoughts on this movie, Alex? Well, the sequel, I actually think, pulls a lot of the same natural ways to die in the beginning. You know, bordering those reality deaths where it questions you make makes you question, you know, was it him? Was it Satan? Was it just reality happening? Did he really do it? But it doesn't have that same charm as the first one struck with, you know, as far as that goes. Not really to me anyway. It's a story, the one we asked for, too, because we wanted to see more Damien, right? Right. And this is that continued on. And it's obviously showing Damien doing a lot of naughty things. And this time he does it more of his own volition as the story unfolds. You start to realize that he is in control of his powers and he's coming into childhood. I enjoyed some of it. It's it's a little silly at times, but it does have a, a pretty okay story and does deal with the struggle of Damien, you know, shedding his mortal coil. It's, it's you know, a coming-of-age tale of Satan. <laughs> so, huh. so, I mean, if that's appealing to you, you're going to want to watch it anyway, because if you like the first Omen, you know, this won't be nearly as good, but it's still, it's for fans of the movie, I would say. Mm-hmm. It doesn't blow the lid off and just go like batshit crazy like a movies these days would, which might be why a lot of people don't like these movies because we've been spoiled by like just entertainment in general, I think. And this is more in a classical style sort of film with like, you know, it treats it with like respect, I guess, just done in a much more classic way to tell a story of adolescent Satan. Also, it's a story of someone of privilege and money. So, which I mean, makes sense since he's Satan, you know, but in the same regard, it feels kind of tame, I'm sure for other people, for Satan to be on earth. Right. You know, like you'd figure he'd be more fucked up. Right. Not as well-mannered. Right. I don't know. But don't get me wrong. He does dispatch people for, you know, spilling milk here and there. And eventually that's what you'd expect a child who's coming into their powers to do is to abuse it and be rewarded for it. It takes place at a military school with his cousin, Mark, who they kind of sort of pal around as Damien kind of kills off all his, well, not kills, but picks on his own bullies and eventually anyone who dares cross him. Not that many cool deaths, but there is one really good one involving an elevator that I liked. Plus, Lance Henriksen's in this movie, but, you know, he wasn't too fond of this film, especially the final cut that they came up with, apparently. And he also didn't like that they switched directors in the middle of it because he was hired by Mike Hodges beforehand. And he got he did this movie for him because he liked some of the ideas he was doing. So they, you know, why the reason I'm bringing this up is because there was obviously some ideas like arguments, which sometimes kind of shows on the film and kind of makes it a little bit more confusing Uh or tonally off because they use both directors work. Right. Which kind of makes sense if you're watching the film. Plus, he didn't get along with the Don Taylor, who was the director that took over in the middle of shooting. So kind of you can kind of tell, I guess, that it just feels like a couple yeah, of different movies. That, yeah, it totally does now that you made me think about and it. Was, it. There were so many fucking characters right off the fucking bat that we were just yeah. like, OK, who's this? Who's this? There's only one returning character, and that's the Buden, Bugenhagen, whatever guy who yeah. gave the daggers to Damien's father in the first one. And he was barely in it. Right. He was, you know. It was right in the beginning, which I liked, you know, 
Uh, they do use Jerry Goldsmith, but he opted for a different soundtrack, not using the same stuff and re redoing it. He wanted to actually do real work. So um, I think the, the cast was fine, although some people just kind of come around to the idea that Damien is Satan probably a little too quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, And maybe that's because Seltzer didn't continue to write this. They didn't have the nuance that the first one did. Okay. So it's kind of flapping its dick around. You know what I mean? Flippity floppity. Which is what people want, and that's kind of what a sequel is anyway so you know it's it's very rare that a sequel will be very much like the the first in the franchise which is probably why most don't rate these movies too high but i think if you lower your expectations on this film and just kind of look at it from a continuation standpoint and not try to compare it to the first one which is kind of stupid and hard to do um it can be enjoyable for some i think but not many while others might find it awful slow boring there are i'm sure some people who are fans of the story who are just like whatever Mm -hmm. but it's surprising they didn't cheese it up on this one it is a little more schlocky in this one than the first one the kid who plays damien i think did a pretty decent job too although i never quite understood why he speaks with an english accent Especially since he was raised by Americans, the president of the United States, apparently, and taken in. And then his cousin, his father's brother or something like that. Wasn't it what it was? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) It was his father's brother brother who takes him in with their own son who speaks perfect American accent. And somehow Damien has a British accent, which makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Uh, but I don't know. That's just probably just something weird because this movie takes place in America, not Britain. Right. So it's interesting. But I don't know. I, I, it's an okay film. It's not great. I'd probably give this like a 5.5, 5, really? maybe a six. Wow. It's, it's not that I didn't like it. It's just, it doesn't stand out very heavily to me mm-hmm. compared to the other the ones. Yeah. The ones I've seen so far anyway. Mm hmm. But go ahead. Oh, what do you? Well, so what do you think? I thought it was enjo- an enjoyable sequel, um, but it did have its flaws, and but that might just be me being nitpicky. But now, since you said that, I don't think I was being nitpicky. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I do feel like I need to explain myself a little better and my point of view. Okay. About movies like this, especially going into this second film, um, I I like these movies the same way I like the Purge franchise. Okay. Does that make sense? Kind of guilty pleasures. Yeah. Well, it's it's an awesome concept, but I want so much more from these. They're not like executed well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the purge really should it should get like batshit crazy, and I feel like the omen, like Damien, should get batshit right. crazy. You know, sometimes they're like behind the scenes more, or show it more behind the scenes. I don't think you're alone in that. I think a lot of people want more. Like they want to see hell unleashed, not not this like classical fucking chess match between God and the devil, and knowing and no one believing that he's Satan and you know stuff like that. Um, Since the movie is going into his his teenage um, era, I wanted more of him finding out who he was and and how we knew he was so different. Um, there were, God, like you said, God, there were so many characters in this fucking movie. I needed a goddamn flow chart. And not just that. It's like all the white men look the same. All the white, <laughs> all white men from the 70s, young, middle uh, age, old. They all look the fucking same. Okay. All of them. I don't know what wow, it was racist. with the 70s. <laughs> I don't know. It's just 
for some reason, the 70s, just like that style, it was all like old man style. Right. Well. It, oh, it was driving me crazy. I did think there was really creative death scenes in the movie. Uh, you mentioned the elevator one. I want to mention there was one that had to do with a raven and a truck. Right. <laughs> Remember? I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Um, the kid who played Damon did a really good job. He played a douchebag kid. I like how they had all the characters helping. They were helping Damon out, like his evil, the sergeant and Bill. Like they really had, they were, you know, chess. They were playing chess and making sure he needed to be where he needed to be. Okay. But I mean, this movie was less creepy than the first one. And yeah. I, I was disappointed in the lack of the hellhounds. There were no hellhounds in this movie. It's so ridiculous. It, it kind of feels like it plays like a, like a stereo instructions a little bit. Yeah. I, like I can see not that. like with, I don't know, like tension or it's just right. kind of like a movie. Right. But I did like it better than the first one. And I gave it a seven out of 10. What? Yeah. That's so weird to me. I don't even know what to say to you right now. <laughs> I just watched the whole thing on Wes Craven talking about how he thought the first movie was just so phenomenal. And he pointed out a lot of things. I, I shared it on our social media. Uh-huh. So Wes Craven's rolling over in his grave right now. I just want you to know. Okay, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but it- well, I, I respect you for being honest. I just, I just don't understand it. It's weird to me. I There's know, no I'm right weird. or wrong answer. I'm weird, but I did. I enjoyed this more than the first one. Weird. I know. Uh, I don't know. I'm weird. <laughs> it's. It was. We were making more jokes during this one than we were the first one. Yeah. Which means that we were kind of laughing at it. Yeah, but it was still enjoyable. You're I saying it's more entertaining. It, I wasn't as bored with this one. I mean, there was boring parts. I got frustrated. I needed a flow chart to figure out who's who. Oh, my God. White men. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you, but you said seven. I gave it like a 5.5. Yeah. So we're at about 6.25. Okay. So I don't know. I lean more to the 5.5, maybe six. You know, it's just kind of like it's just filler for the for the thing. I mean, again, like, I don't know, like while we were watching the third one, even I was like talking about how it'd be fun to make like a spoof of these um, yeah, that's right. in a better way that would kind of outline some of the things that happened in the third <laughs> one. I don't want to spoil that for you because I'm going to use it. We do, of course, have trivia and some of the scenes that we're going to be talking about for this movie, Omen 2, Damien. Uh, some interesting stuff. So if you don't want anything ruined, you don't want anything spoiled, and you want to watch this first, you have the timestamps down below that you can skip to the next movie for our spoiler-free review of that. We're going to jump into our trivia and spoil and scenes right now so you have been warned it's your fault should go any further turn back before it's too late okay stupid (laughs) all right (laughs) so richard donner the director of the first omen movie was not available to direct the second because he was working on superman Oh, Christopher more Reeves. important. Yeah, I, of course. I mean, that was an epic movie. May not be respected as much now, considering we got all this Marvel and DC universe and stuff and Superman mm-hmm. or with Man of Steel and shit like that. But mm-hmm. he was the first Superman. That was like one of the early superhero movies. And I liked Superman a lot. I thought it was a good movie. David Seltzer, we talked about, who wrote the first film screenplay, was asked by the producers to write the second, but he refused because he had no interest in writing sequels. Years later, though, he commented that he had written the story for The Second Omen, and he would have said it the day after the first movie. 
Oh. With Damien as a child living in the White House. With, Straight to the White House. Yeah, with Seltzer turning down Omen 2, producer Harvey Bernard outlined the story himself, and Stanley Mann was hired to write the screenplay. So oh, okay. that's what happened with that. As I mentioned before, Jerry Goldsmith, of course, returns, but he did want to make it much different than the first and just have sort of similar motifs to the original, which I think probably is a better choice. And because, like, what, what are you going to use him for when he just... You know, I don't know. He wanted to flex his skills a little bit and try something a little different. It's a different movie. So um, he was actually the first person that was signed to the project, Mm -hmm. by the way. So he was instantly picked. They were like, we're going to do a sequel. He's like, all right, let's hire Jerry Goldsmith again, because clearly. Right. Bernhard was like, yeah, this guy's obviously the reason that Omen did so well. A uh, big part of it. So, I mean, obviously they knew and maybe he won an Oscar. For right. The movie. <laughs> right. But the thing is, is that I wonder if he got paid a lot more to do this, the sequel. Oh, so. But there had been plans to do a third Omen movie starring Jonathan Scott Taylor. Uh-huh. Same kid who does Damien in this movie. Uh-huh. In 1979, however, it was canceled after the film did less than well at the box office. So oh. it's probably a good thing, to be honest, because I, I, I don't want to say why just yet. Okay. But we'll get to that. Steve Harris of Iron Maiden was actually inspired by this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. He wrote the song The Number of the Beast because he had a nightmare after huh. watching this movie. Nice. So I guess it is scary to some people, and maybe back then. Right. That was a big thing back then, you know, like mm-hmm. in the 70s, demon children and shit like that. It was, six, six, six. Yeah. I mean, we talked about Kathy's curse. We talked about the child. We talked right. about, um, you know, Omen, e- exorcist. like Exorcist, like all of this shit was like huge in the early 70s mm-hmm. and it was dying down. The fad of that was dying down. And that's why these movies didn't do so well. You know, the second and the third. No, you know, spoiler alert there, but they, they didn't do really yeah. well on that one People either. People get sick of it just like right now i'm sick of well they got pummeled by it because everybody wanted to cash in on it so it just became kind of like uh how zombies are you know like you know it's just overdone right but zombies is a little different because that's a fear that we all have you know what i mean rather than a fad right dying what happens to us after we die etc but the interesting thing is is that after this movie released is when the slasher movies started getting really popular Mm-hmm. So out with the old and with the new slashers became the thing. And that was the eighties and a, and a, you know, from 78 on pretty much. And they were, there was earlier stuff, twitch of the death nerve, you know, fright, fright, not or Friday the 13th and shit like that. But, um, just a lot of stuff of slashers came out. So I thought that was kind of interesting point to point out. According to the novelization, this of this movie, the Raven is actually Damien subconsciousness. And the murders it carries out are the actions of Damien's id. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So he's the crow? Where's Brandon Lee? Um, yeah. (laughs) That's what I said in the fucking movie while we're watching it. I know. I was like, holy shit, Christina, it's fucking Brandon Lee. (laughs) (laughs) We laughed just like that. We laughed. (laughs) Well, you didn't at first, and I had to explain it to you. No, you didn't. What are you talking well, about? I, I thought that you didn't know. Well, and then I had to re-explain it to you. And you were like, yeah, I know. I no, was like, oh, I thought it was a good joke. It's because you said, oh, look, it's the crow. And I knew. I was like, oh, okay, he's talking about the movie. I just didn't laugh that hard. No, <laughs> I said Brandon Lee. Pretty sure. No, you said the crow. I did not. 
She's a liar, guys. Fuck you. <laughs> anyway, so let's, that's pretty much it for the trivia. There was a little bit more. I, I, I didn't want to dig too deep on this one anyway, but I thought I pointed out, I grabbed some of the best stuff out of the, uh, the pile, so to speak. But mm-hmm. uh, we do have some scenes that I want to talk about. I'll, I'll kick it off just so that we can get in the mindset here. Uh, at the end of the first movie, we saw the president take Damien. But in this movie, it's his uncle. And I really just don't understand why they didn't explain that transition and maybe i missed it in this one but well i just assumed that oh well maybe the president was just there at the funeral because technically they ended it where they were at like the funeral so maybe he ended up going to the uncle because you know that's normal procedure when parents die as you go to the family member but why would the president want to take him anyway? And like, how did his the president because he was the um, the ambassador, the father? Uh, because Satan, duh. Oh yeah, huh? he's a he's a tricky little devil, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like they could have explained it a little bit better. Yeah, I guess. But they do have, but like we talked about, father or not father, Doctor Bugenhagen or whatever his right. name is. Um, Who's in Megiddo, who had the daggers and tries to warn another friend, another, I don't know if he's a journalist or something. And that's because he saw Damien's face on like a thing. <laughs> How do you yeah, say it? Well, it was like a painting on the wall inside like of the Megiddo an temple. And an ancient, yeah, the ancient yeah. Megiddo temple. Yeah. And it was his face. He's like trying to get him a box. He's like, you got to get this to fucking the people who are handling Damien and whose his family is because they need to know about this. Like, like a, in a letter. Yeah. Hey, hey, by the way, you don't know me. I know this is crazy and you just met me, but can we kiss maybe? <laughs> or Call me maybe. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know what the fucking song is. Totally botched that. <laughs> you did. But anyway, like if you're sending a fucking letter to fucking some family, some random dude, and maybe, yeah, they know who Dr. Bugenhagen is, but that doesn't mean they're going to go kill their they, fostered child. Yeah, they're not going to just believe them. Yeah. Oh. Like, oh, your child's safe. I don't know, honey. I guess the letter says to do it, so I guess we shouldn't question it. Right. <laughs> Let's go ahead and stab this dagger in his little head. <laughs> this just seems funny to me, but they end up getting buried because Satan's pissed that they're trying to warn the family. So there was like this avalanche, not avalanche. <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> avalanche was snow, snow everywhere in the middle of the desert. <laughs> there was like a cave in. You know, actually, they did do that in uh, the seventh uh, sign. Oh, well, see, I was right. Yeah. There was an avalanche. <laughs> With Demi Moore. <laughs> I love that movie. I know. I, I almost bought it from the Scream Factory. Oh, I love the seventh sign. That yeah. is such a good movie. It yeah. really, it still is. Um, anyway. There was an avalanche. <laughs> there was not an avalanche. There was a cave in, cave in with all the like pillars and the the sand coming down, like and, Indiana like, Jones. Yeah, it kind of buried before. them alive with the daggers and, of course, the note and all the all the like evidence. And then they Indeed. fast forward seven years later, so he's now about twelve or thirteen years old, mm-hmm. and now they're kind of showing Damien using his little mind powers. Out of control. <laughs> but yeah, he picks on the bully. Do you remember that scene? The bully's like giving him shit. Oh. They're making fun of the Thorn family. Uh-huh. Weren't they in the because office? Because his uncle or something. Huh? Weren't they fighting in the office like before they- They were fighting outside the classroom. Oh, oh, okay. It was outside the classroom. Yeah. And the bully's like, of course, red-haired because they're always- Goddamn gingers. Soulless. I'm kidding. I'm, <laughs> I'm a ginger, by the way, a little bit. Uh-huh. Don't I? 
Yeah. I'm ginger. I'm not, I wouldn't say ginger. Your bottom half. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the carpet does match the drapes. Just kidding. Whatever. Anyway. But I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. Like Mark, his his cousin, notices that he has these powers because it's very obvious that Damien's just staring at this kid and making him go crazy or something like that. It's like, I don't know if it's ever telekinesis or just making him see things that make him go nuts. Like, they don't really uh-huh. explain that. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. It's just, oh, mind powers. <laughs> Ooh. Do you want to talk about the death by crow scene? Yes. Okay, go ahead. So the journalist lady, so she finally, like, figured out that Damon is the Antichrist, right? Yeah. So I guess Damien or Satan or somebody found out about it. So she was driving on this country road. Well, no, she was pretty blatant about it. She was like trying to tell everyone. Right. Yeah. So she was driving on this country road. And then all of a sudden her car stalls. Country road. Take me home to the place. All right, guys. Sorry. And then she gets out of her car. And then all of a sudden the crow, Brandon Lee, comes out of nowhere (laughs) and starts attacking her head. And Pecking her eyes out. Yeah, so it was pretty. I thought it was pretty cool. And you thought that she would like the crow was going to kill her, right? Right. No, no. Knocks her down in the ditch, and then she comes crawling out of the ditch. And, she's and then like, all Whoa! of a sudden, and then all of a sudden, the semi rolls up out of nowhere like it's fucking pet cemetery. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, they were both and wearing then, red. Well, that's true. And then, bam. She got hit by the semi. Yeah, oh, and, and they showed her fucking body <laughs> fly. Well, oh, yeah. She got hit Which is weird. Was... Like, if you get hit by a truck, you're not going up over the fucking hood <laughs> after getting hit by it. Like, they show her visibly getting smacked in the front, blood splatter. Then her body leaps up over the window, hits the top, flies, flies over, <laughs> and then her head gets run over. <laughs> By the back tire of the 18-wheeler. Well, you know, when Satan's involved, when the <laughs> devil's crafty. involved, yeah. He's a tricky little devil, isn't he? Yeah, it was a pretty, that was a pretty good kill scene. Uh, that's his id, apparently, the crow, you know, but maybe mm-hmm. Satan did the truck thing. I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, if you just hit it, it slides off. Oh, that's right, because when she crawled out of the road, her eyes were all bloody. Yeah, she was like, oh! and, she, and she was, like, waving her hands in the air for the trucker to stop, but the trucker just, like, pushed on the gas. I don't know why he wouldn't try to stop. I think he honked on his horn, too. He's like, I've seen this movie before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was really cool, Dustin. So this is, I want to talk about this. Bill, the co-owner of Mr. Thorne's work, they do, like, soybean factory or whatever. They, like, make organic fucking soybeans or whatever. Him and this new guy are arguing all the time because, you know, he wants to, the new guy wants to, like, inject in, like, stuff to make it grow faster, plentiful, and he's, like, totally against it. But because he's arguing with this guy who's in on it, what's the guy's name? The curly-haired guy? He's the Satanist, not Bill. Oh, is it Peter? I think I don't remember, but there's too many. I can't because he's pushing back against this guy who's working for Satan. Of course, Satan, of course, tries to kill him. And so Bill does they have this like work outing where they all go fucking skating on like river ice where it's just like out in the open of a lake or something like that. And it's like that old school style hockey, you know, and they have it all like taped off, like with like flags and stuff. Don't go past here. You'll sink in. Uh-huh. Uh But he falls through the ice dying. 
but they're like all they're all playing uh, hockey on there. And then like the old man, I'm thinking to myself, like, who the fuck put an 85 year old on the ice like that? But come to find out when he dies, he falls on the ice and they're all trying to break through to try to get him. They can't. And he drowns all stupid. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing is, is that I joke about his age, but Lou Aries Lou Ayers performed most of the stunt work of his watery death. Really? Holy shit. All the way up to the very end. Wow. So, like, where I guess he goes down. I don't know. And he's, like, stuck in between the ice. I think he was under the ice. I don't even know. Like, I'm not really sure. It's not very clear. But I'm, I mean, he did most of the stunt work up until his death. Oh, okay. It's like he was under the ice, I guess. But pretty good he apparently lee grant tried to persuade the veteran actor not to do it but he was determined to (laughs) give it a shot so i don't know it says it says he was he performed most of the stunt of his watery death himself up into the point where his character disappears under the ice okay so so it was probably just a dummy under the ice that would make sense Well, he was a dummy for falling in. Yeah, was fucking I'll idiot. get the puck, like out in the middle of the fucking lake. By the way, that lake is also called Catfish Lake in Eagle River, Wisconsin. So, Wisconsin. you Wisconsinites Where, out there. Where's Wisconsin? <laughs> it's in the country. Do you know? It's in the United States, yeah. Well, I know that. I don't know. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> Maybe somebody. I mean, I, I kind of know where it is. It's to the east of us. Is that where the cheese is from? All cheese, yes. Oh, okay. No, they just perf- they actually like to make cheese there. I'm sure, but yeah. Okay, just like Idaho's potatoes. Yeah. yeah. I was do, that. <laughs> do you remember that scene where Damien has a spat with his teacher? The teacher tries to embarrass him in front of the class because he's like drawing on a piece of paper or something like that. He's like, oh, and and yeah. it's very obviously he's drawing probably something not so flattering of the teacher mm-hmm. kind of like a bart simpson kind of thing or whatever uh-huh he like pulls him up to the front of the class and he's like trying to question him as if he's not paying paying attention you know like to the subject that they're talking about which is napoleon and all of a sudden damien seems to know everything and doesn't even know why like he like starts spouting off what happened it with napoleon what year he died what when it t- you know got taken over the teacher was asking him questions just random questions yeah that he knew all the answers just naming up like socrates like just all these different fucking famous people in history and when they died and he would know the year every time yeah and it was like I thought that was a really cool scene. Like that was something where I would think as a actor, it would be very difficult for a child that age to perform that kind of scene because. Yeah, he did really good. He had to memorize that shit like really well. I'm sure there were cue cards, but. No, I don't know. I don't think so. I think. Yeah, I think so. Because there's no way because there was like. There was at least like 30 questions, 30 dates. Yeah, I don't know. I thought he did a good job, though. He did I, do a good job. I thought that was a really cool thing. And then, of course, you know, Lance Henriksen's, you know, pulls him aside out of class and uh, the teacher's pissed you know, because he just showed him up. Mm-hmm. And he was like, look, Damien, everybody's going to know who you are one day, but you got to tone it down on the fucking supernatural abilities. He's like, <laughs> I didn't know. I, I didn't know I was doing it. I just knew it. So I just answered the questions. And, and he was like, yeah, but you got to tone that shit down. You're making it too obvious and you might get killed. Right. So we need to, we need to calm you down. Just, you know, stop flapping your dick around. <laughs> all right. He's like, Oh, go read revelations. You know, you'll find out all about yourself because you don't know, apparently. Mm-hmm. So he's got all these like different guiding forces in the movie. 
of people. Like you got the, the, the new guy who's working with his uncle in Thorn Industries or whatever. Uh-huh. For the Paul. soy. Yeah. Paul. Paul. Okay. okay it's Paul. Paul. And Paul's like in on it. There's like a bunch of different people in on it. So this, this is like very much the satanic sect of people. Thank God. But I wish they were more like more about it. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I understand that. I need some satanic nuns and some hellhounds and, you know, mind more mind control. What did you think of the part where they go to the his dad, his uncle's factory? I didn't understand because I didn't understand why he had to, Damien had to manipulate the manufacturing thing to explode. I can't remember the guy's name, but it started with an S and I think it was like Serpi or Serpica, Serpica or Serpico. Was he a scientist? He was a scientist that was being warned, had been warned by somebody with this information. And he was going to bring that information to (gasps) Mr. Thorne, who was his uncle. And he was standing in the way of Damien and... Damien decided to poison everybody, including his classmates. And when they don't poison them and die, like most of the classmates get out they on this field trip. Sick. They, they get, get like, sick. They get sick. Go to the hospital. Right. They get this weird lung problem that they'll they'll heal in a couple of days or whatever. But Damien is unaffected, and the doctor there notices that his blood type is very different, and it should have affected. Damien, like the other kids, but didn't. He was the only one who didn't get sick at all. Yeah, and nothing was wrong with him. Some of the trivia says that they that he was worried about finding out that he had jackal blood. Oh, but they didn't really express that in the movie. I didn't know there was such thing as jackal blood. Well, he was born. (laughs) (laughs) There's jackal milk. We just drank it. But yeah, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. So it's like, now the doctor's going to find out about him. So what's he got to do? He's got to kill the fucking doctor. It's time for another death suit. Yeah. <laughs> so after he kills the scientist, the doctor gets in an elevator and all of a sudden it just drops. And you think, oh, he's just going to hit the floor and, you know, right. yeah, die that, that way. The but they're but like, nope, got to sneak in that little sneaky sneak. Yeah. So like the, the, the cable breaks, it starts shooting down. The stoppers on the side stop mm-hmm. and then they go back up the like pulley system, the weights that they use to, to, to basically pull the, you know, elevator up and down, go up all the way to the top. And then there's a, a wire connecting them and it goes all the way back down really fast and cuts the fucking doctor in half. In half. It that, was pretty cool. That's the best death scene in the movie. And they didn't just, you know, oh, look, he's cut in half. Oh, no, no, no. He was all fucking looking at himself. It was like, what's Dude, going you could on? see his insides. Yeah, it, was it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool how they did it. Yeah, I, I felt bad for the guy because he's like just doing his job. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, calm down, Damien. He's like, I have jackal blood, you piece of shit. I had to do it. <laughs> Which is interesting in this movie, too, is that, like, he's, like, in between being evil and not evil. So he's, like, made these relationships as a child that he appreciates and cares for these people. But ultimately, he knows that it will be the death of him if he doesn't kill these people off. So, like, his nature is evil and he is pretending to be human. Right. So there's, like, a couple of moments where that, uh, you know. And I, yeah, it made me it. it made me think about the end of the first movie, which spoiler alert, his father tries to kill him and he's like, please, daddy, no, no, daddy, no. So he wasn't as evil right. as a child. Right. So that's why he's growing his, into his evil. Right. I just thought it'd be a good point to point out. Uh, Hold on. 
Then you got Dr. Charles who gets mm-hmm. gets the box because they're excavating Megiddo. Uh-huh. Because Thorn Industries is also in the antiquities business and uh what is it called? Anthropology and fucking Well, and that's just to cover up, you know, people finding out about Damon. Not really, because Mr. Thorne does not know anything about Satan. So it's just his side project and it's somehow worked out. And so they're they're excavating Megiddo, and that's when they find all these daggers. They find the box, they find the bodies of the two guys that were buried under there by Satan in Megiddo, and they basically find the box and send it off to the the guy who's in charge charge of the museum, which is Doctor Charles. And then he goes and he tells he tells Thorn about Budenhagen, right? So then they go to these these uh, train carts to Where see the wall yeah because he needs to show him the wall that damien's on yeah they, they had the, the train cart they had the wall transferred to new york mm-hmm. from israel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so then he goes and he sees it and then all of a sudden all of a sudden the devil's work is starting because people gotta die now because they've seen the wall which is satan himself yeah th- yeah. yeah obviously and then uh so you explain what happened next well mr thorn is in the the boxcar looking at the artwork freaks out that he sees the sun's face on the wall and he's like oh my god that is damien holy shit this has been foretold meanwhile dr charles who's like in final destination mode worried to be out in public because he's <laughs> he knows that satan's going to kill him he's been locked in a in a fucking church in the back room with crosses all over the fucking walls and he finally comes out to show mr thorn that the wall is of damien and that it is true what Budenhagen was saying. And he gets in front of the boxcar freaking out and the train comes from behind, hits the fucking boxcar into fucking <laughs> Dr. Charles, whose leg is like trapped in the, the part that hooks to the other train car and it smashes him in between. I would think it would just chop off his leg. You know what I mean? I wouldn't think anything of it. I would have thought you would have heard the train coming and get the fuck out of the way. Right. <laughs> But it was a pretty cool dust scene. Yeah, I thought it was kind of fun. I mean, there's, it's, it's, it didn't really show it. It just showed him right. like kind of like squirming. Mr. Thorne, of course, lives and he shows the letter to his wife who begs him not to go to New York and all this other shit. You know what I mean? And even Mark overhears the conversation with Dr. Charles before he died about Damien being the son of Satan. And he, and he realizes he's like, Oh my God, he picked on that bully with his mind. Maybe this is true. Right. So like Damien's like following Mark because he's like walked away from him all suddenly. And like his real parents are like Mr. Thorne and everything. This is all before the train car thing, by the way, that we forgot to mention. And then Mark, um, walks out into the forest and Damien's calling him, but he's ignoring him. And he's like, no, Damien, you leave me alone. Like, (laughs) you're, you're, there's something evil about you and I don't want any part of it. I don't want any part of you. He's like, Mark, I love you. I care about you. And Mark's like, fuck you, fucking Satan. I'm out. (laughs) And like, meanwhile, Mr. Thorne and, and, and his wife are behind them and they find Mark dead. Right. Um, because Damien, Used his mind powers to fucking, he, I don't know, make him have an aneurysm? His, his death Darth Vader power. Yeah. Choked his brain out. Yeah. <laughs> so Mark's dead. 
Right. <laughs> Which the funny thing is, they when they stumble upon him, uh, I was thinking, I was told Christina, I was like, I was like, they're going to stumble upon him and Damien is going to be wearing his organs as a hat. <laughs> Say, look, I made a Mark hat. Dee, dee, dee. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Christina is like, at this point, like now Mrs. Thorne is like, string him up. Because she didn't yeah. want to believe in Damien being evil. But, you know, spoiler alert, you find out that she knew right the whole time. So you think that she would want Damien dead now that, yeah, <laughs> that now she that killed, she her, killed son. her son. Yeah, he that, killed yeah, her son. String him up. String him up. <laughs> but come to find out when it gets to the part where it's time for Mr. Thorne to die. How Do you remember how Mr. Thorne died? Um, I vague, I can't, so, I'm kind of get, getting confused a little bit right now, but go ahead. So I think he had the daggers and he was trying to convince her, you know, that they got to kill him. They got to kill Damien, right? So she, she had the dagger. She picked up oh, the dagger. That's right. Yeah. And then she ends up stabbing him. Yeah. She, she betrays Mr. Thorne. And when she stabbed her husband, when she stabbed her husband, she said, I've always belonged to him. Right. And then, oh, and then Damien shows up at the door and burns her alive anyway. Yeah. And then fucking kills her. I'm yeah. like, oh, well, I hope you had. Well, that's what you get when you worship Satan. Exactly what I was thinking. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, what do you expect when you worship Satan? He's out for himself, not yeah, you. Exactly. Like, it's you, all for him, Damien. It's all for you, Damien. You already did his bidding. You did what you were supposed to do, so he doesn't need you anymore. Which is kind of silly, because he really could have used her as, like, the mom. That's what I don't really understand about this whole thing, is why are people just willing to give up their soul and their life to this guy who doesn't give two shits about him? Oh. In these stories. I'm just saying, like, why is everybody, like, it never turns out good for Satanists in movies. Like, they always end up getting fucked over, and it's supposed to be this, like, oh, honor that you're getting fucked. I thought you were talking about real life for a second. No, 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 no. I'm talking about in movies and like how they portray them. Right. It's like, it's like, you know, like why, why would he screw over the people that are helping him? I guess just to flex his power. Yeah. Well, no, because there's, he has no need for them. If, I mean, you might as well because they're You are like the buzzing of flies to him. They're thinking that they're going to get something out of this. Yeah. So rather than give them what they think, you know, you might as well just get rid of them. So you don't. I'd rather rule in hell than serve in hell. You know, heaven. That's what they say. Oh, is that? Okay. I'd rather rule in hell than serve but in heaven. But how do you know you're going to rule in hell? Well, I don't you know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I don't understand He that. just sticks a pineapple in their asses, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but the end where Damien walks out the, at the very end of the, of the museum, and he's like smiling and lifting his head in a sort of uh, sup. <laughs> Sup, name's Damien. Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was kind of silly. silly. It, it was a, it was a it was a throwback to the end of the first movie where he turns and smiles, mm-hmm. but this time he's much more maniacal, you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. like he's more in control. Totally. Puberty has made him kill everyone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there is another movie obviously that we're gonna talk about, and that's gonna be the final conflict. Omen 3 from 1981. Right. It was made in 1979, but yeah, came out in 81. Which is weird because that last movie was 78. Right. So he went from 13 years old to 32 years old. Right. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) Yeah. It's magic. (laughs) It's Satan. (laughs) They grow faster. The now adult Antichrist plots to eliminate his future divine opponent... While some monks plot to stop him. Mm. Tagline is, 
the last chapter in the Omen trilogy. Right. Clever tagline. Directed. Well, they changed it after they realized they were making part four. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. They, true that's true. Yeah. Nice. Directed by Graham Baker, known for Beowulf from 1999, Alien Nation 1988. Like that. What? I, I want to see those again. Oh. The, the movie? Is it yeah, the movie or the, the movie. TV show? The I used mi- to watch the, the TV show back in the I day. I did too. And I, it's like almost everyone's forgotten what Alien Nation is because you don't even yeah. see any Blu-rays or DVDs or anything. Right. I, I, I kind of just want to watch it now. Right. Me too. Uh, this was written by Andrew Birkin, who also wrote The Burning Secret from 1988, The Cement Garden from 1993, and The Name of the Rose from 1986. I haven't heard of any yeah, of those. Yeah, no, neither have I. <laughs> um all right, this movie, Damien, is played by Sam Neill. What in the Sam Neill? <laughs> Who, of course, Jurassic Park, Event Horizon, In the Mouth of Mad- Madness, Thor Ragnarok, Season 2 of Peaky Binders, if, in case you didn't know. Mm-hmm. And more, more recently, he will be in the new Jurassic World movie. Yes. That's out in 2021. Yeah, and he's a New Zealander, guys. Fun fact. Oh, he's not a British actor. He's just that. very well spoken, period. I know that. Yeah. Rosano Brizai, Brizai plays DiCarlo, an Italian actor. He was in movies like Dracula in the Providence. From 1975 and Frankenstein's Castle of Freaks. Don Gordon, who plays Harvey Dean, he was in the Towering Inferno again. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. He was in The Exorcist 3 Legion and 1990s Exorcist 3. He played the same character and he's done a lot of TV. Okay. Lisa Harrow, who plays Kate Reynolds, was in a movie called Sunday from 1997 and she's was in a TV show called 1990 from the 70s. Um, I wonder if it's accurate. (laughs) I know. I was wondering about that. (laughs) Um, Barnaby Holm, who plays Peter Reynolds. He hasn't been in much. (laughs) Mason Adams, who plays the president. He was in that son-in-law movie that Polly Shore was in. Mm -hmm. And Life Among Cannibals from 1999. Uh, the budget for this movie was five million, and, but the opening weekend it brought in five point five. Hmm. So probably it broke did even. faster than the other one, but yeah. not as much as the other one either. Right. It's so weird. Huh. Well, what did you think of this movie, Christina? What did I think of this movie? Well, the Hellhounds are back. I was happy about that. Right. And no more crows, Brandon <laughs> Lee. I there was crows in this too, wasn't there? Uh, I don't think so. It was oh, all dogs remember. again, which I yeah. thought was like a pretty good like, staple to have in the first one and yes, this one. Yes, much so. And Sam Neill is awesome as Damien. I really liked him as Damien. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the storyline and how the Book of Revelations was coming to light, like it was actually happening. Foretold. It was foretold. Uh, but I do feel like there was a whole 20 years missing. Yeah. Because I really would have liked to known how he found out about, like, his followers. Well, they and... say his age. He's 32. Right. Right. So there's a lot. But I would like to have known hey, what... there was no chapter in the Bible about Jesus in his teenage years. So there's no Bible. See, I think they took it out of the Bible because isn't there a book... Where he where was fucking was written, everybody or something? Where it was written... About stuff he was doing. Well, they say that that Jesus had children, and if he did exist, I would assume that he did. But there's no parts of him growing up. Yeah. 
Right. Just just the resurrection and the uh, where his death is. Anyway, continue. Uh, I loved how there were ninja assassin monks. Yes. I thought that was... Well, it was kind of cool. They were kind of pathetic, but it was still cool to have them in. And there was one really awesome death scene. Um, the musical score was a bit better in this one, I thought, than the last one. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did feel like it was a good movie, but I did not like how it ended. I thought the last movie ended a lot better than this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to see more baby deaths. <laughs> that was a cool sign. Yeah, yeah. That was a good thing in the movie. It was. But I did. I gave this one a 7 out of 10 as well, because I did like it. Really? Yeah. So you didn't like it any more or any less than the second one? Right. Really? Right. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, you surprised me, Christina. I know. I'm surprising. I think you chickened out. What did you think? Well, it's been a while since I've seen this and watched this. I remember my dad had it on beta or VHS back in the day. And I remember looking through the cabinet of all the movies all the time. And there's like ones that stick out. And this was a really big one. It's not something I remember much of after watching part two, which gave us more Damien stuff. This one, though, feels a bit different or more in line with the first one being you know, kind of serious, a little bit more serious and a little bit more classical. You know what I mean? Like I was talking, I've always mentioned about the first Omen, even though the second one was a little bit more schlocky. I don't know how to explain it. They both treat everything with respect, like the lore and everything like that. But this one just feels like it's in a different class. Nowhere near as good as the original, by the way, again. So it's, it's really difficult for me to rate this one. Uh-huh. Because there's things I liked and did not like about it. I think that this movie is much better than the second one, but not by much. Both really feel like you have to be a fan of the first enough to really fully enjoy two and three. And I will say, I think that this is shot much better than the second one, even though there is some issues with it. There's no more Final Destination scenes, essentially. It's, <laughs> it's mostly like... It's not a guess anymore. It's just pretty much out in the open where I always talk about Satan flapping his junk about Sam Neill, I think, does a good job. But I also think some people may not appreciate it as much. And, you know, maybe I'm too much of a fan of his to see the cracks in his acting in this one. But he did do the movie Possession around the same time. And if you haven't seen that movie, you'll understand why he is a good choice for Damien with his coldness and his calculated evil. I think he adds to this film regardless if I loved it or not. I think that's why him being in this movie makes it better than the second one, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of times he was able to just flat out be in a church or around a statue of Jesus, which was a little bit confusing, but I guess you could kind of explain it away by him becoming more powerful, perhaps. Well, I mean, he's not a vampire. like Yeah, he? but he's, when in Omen, the first one, he's right. freaking out because he went in near a church. This time he goes into a couple like it ain't no thing. Right, because he's more powerful. Right. That's what I was saying. You could explain it away that way oh. if you wanted to. But, you know, there are some deaths you don't get to see in the full glory of, but you know, there is one doozy of a death scene in it as well. That is fucking kind of awesome. awesome. Like it's really fucked awesome. up. Like, yeah, it's kind of fucked up though. Like there's also a lot of sacrilegious baby sacrificing and deaths that, uh, they of course don't show. I mean, it is a mainstream production, so right. that would have been pretty taboo to go that far if they showed it. So it, it won't show you that, but you'll get the point and it's kind of fucked up. When you think about it, the acting, I think, in this one is better, too. The shots are good. I think the shots are infinitely better in this one than the second one as well. Feels more fluid, more well thought out, well 
shot all together. I thought this was better. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we also get, like you mentioned, the ninja monks, <laughs> assassins. You get to see Damien grow up and doing his political moves to move up the political ladder and commandeer the world again, which is pretty nice uh, as Satan 2. Maybe not as shocking as the first mm-hmm. in the first movie. I mean, all in all, I don't think the the second or this film are really for people who don't love the first one. Like I mentioned, like if you like the concept, maybe the books or even this type of story, you might appreciate it. But in today's world, you really aren't going to see movies like this. And I think the closest thing that would be like it is maybe like those Tom Hank movies where they did the religious thing with like angels and demons and the Fibonacci sequence and all that oh, shit. The, the uh, Da Vinci Code. Very classical style writing and direction in those you know what i mean uh-huh it did have action in the later ones but that's kind of like i just kind of compare it to that for some reason but i enjoyed this enough not nearly as much as the first but it, it, it it's not a bad end cap to the trilogy although a lot of people will be very disappointed because you're thinking like end of world times yeah and the worst you're gonna do is just talk Like, I want to see some fucking crazy shit. So if you're one of those people, you're probably not going to appreciate it. And I'm not trying to put you down. That's everybody's taste. And I totally get it. Like, I would want to see that, too, in another version. Like, if they would have redone this whole franchise and the first remake would have been better than it was. And it wasn't just this played by book fucking version. Maybe we would have seen that kind of thing and seen more of like an end of days or fucking Legion sort of movie. Like in the beginning of that movie, it gets kind of wild. Mm -hmm. You see like chaos in the streets and stuff. And I think that's why most people were kind of disappointed. Plus, they were dying off from that fad. But ultimately, it's a really well done movie, in my opinion. There are some story plot holes and things that don't really make sense. But if you follow the story from the beginning anyway, that's kind of part of it. (laughs) So it doesn't really matter. They didn't use scripture and stuff the same, you know. But I'd probably give this one a 6.5 or maybe a 7. I'd say 6.5 is probably better, though. It did some pretty cool stuff in it, but it could have been a much better film. And it does have effort in it. So I have to give it some credit and it is good to see sam neil because i love sam neil right so i think if you have made it to the second one <laughs> anyway and watch it you might as well watch the final chapter you, you know the final going. just keep going yeah the final conflict um i i don't know it's there's some cool cinematography in there and some cool dialogue that that sam neil really pushes really well like he's really good at speaking And he's really into poetry, obviously, because he just has this passion about how he says things. Like, there's this moment in the movie where he's talking to a statue of Jesus Christ that I thought was really cool. Right. And that's actually from some some real uh, poetry or some real... Uh, there was some dialogue that I think he borrowed that from. Uh-huh. So, but I said, you know, he really makes this movie. Uh-huh. It kind of ends funky though. Yeah. And it may not please, uh, people too, too much. Right. But, you know, it is what it is. It's an, it's a, it's above average film that's not really great. Right. So, but we do have some trivia on it and it's pretty interesting. I got some good stuff. Oh, good. So if you don't want anything spoiled for this movie and you want to go ahead and watch it, uh, you know, I've tried to mention this to a couple of people. Uh, You can pick it up at Best Buy, like the cheap version, the one through four or excuse me, one through three plus the remake for ten dollars at Best Buy. There is a Scream Factory release that does all four of or all five of the movies uh, that you can also get. But that's a sixty dollar price tag. Right. And I think it's on sale right now at Scream Factory uh, slightly. 
mm-hmm. but it is a pricey, pricey item. That is. And they're going to have a lot more information and trivia that I would have been able, to, I would have loved to hear. Right. But this isn't like my favorite franchise, so I didn't want to spend yeah, that kind hard. of money. It's hard to drop 60 bucks. Yeah. It is. So we're going to be renting the fourth one, just a heads up. But if you want and you, I don't know if your area or, you know, you're in a lockdown right now in your state or country or whatever it is, but there are in the United States curbside pickup at Best Buy. So you can order it and then have it sent to the Best Buy and then tell them the order and they'll bring it out to you. So you can get that for 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. Just a thought. But if you don't want anything spoiled, this is the trivia and spoilers section. So you have been warned. So you're never going to guess who they thought about having played Damien. Who? Some of these I'm like, okay, I can see that. Some of them I'm like, eh. Jack Nicholson. Okay, yeah. Marlon Brando. Maybe, yeah. Maybe because of that that uh, Vietnam movie he did. Yeah, and he was younger, you know. And he also did, they were considering Gene Hackman. Which I thought was a That's weird rare. choice. Jack Nicholson, maybe. Right. Like, I could totally see him kind of pulling that off. But everybody else, eh. No, Jack Nicholson, he couldn't have done it because The Shining had just come out. Like, we, we've already seen him as evil. Right. But, I mean, I'm just saying, like, that that, that wouldn't have been a bad substitute yeah, for Sam no. Neill. I think no. Sam Neill was the perfect choice. Me too. But, you know, that's what they were. They wanted him to be much younger, though, so that was also another factor in it. Oh, uh, Okay. Because he plays 32 years old. You know, Jack Nicholson would have been a little bit older than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, yeah, actor... But oh, I gotta make a joke. But, you know, all the men in the 70s all look the fucking same. It didn't matter <laughs> I don't know why you get this a from. younger man, because they all look the same age. I don't know. Back then. <laughs> actor James Mason acted as a sponsor to the production for actor Sam Neill. He, uh, Mason originally suggested to the producer that they should check out Neill. So Harvey Bernhard, who was the producer, had Neil flown into London for an audition, which Mason paid for. Oh. Because he believed in him so much. Interesting. And uh, Neil said that he actually drew on some of Mason's mannerisms for his performance and characterization. Huh. So I thought that was pretty cool. It was That's interesting. Cool, yeah. Also, at the time of filmmaking, Sam Neill and Lisa Haro developed an off-camera relationship, and they had a son named Tim Neill. What? Yeah. Really? It was his, yeah, that was their child that they huh. had together. And it was because of this movie? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and it, it was his first international starring role in a Hollywood-slash-American movie, too, oh. by the way. So, good on him. Mm-hmm. In Germany... And in Hungary, the film was released as Barbara's Baby in an effort to align with Rosemary's Baby from 1968, who Barbara was in the movie as well. She was Barbara Dean. She was the Damien's assistant's wife who was pregnant with a baby who they thought was Jesus Christ. Oh, okay. God, I got confused. Right. I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? That's really weird. So I thought it was funny that they wanted to call it that. So it kind of like leaned into the fact that Barbara had a baby and it was Jesus Christ's baby. So they kind of, so yeah, the, the Nazareth, the second coming of Jesus. Right. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for, for that's this interesting. trivia. I thought it was kind of interesting. So some of the scenes that we have in this movie, we'll try to get through some of these, but there's a lot of things in this movie that I want to talk about more than I did the other movie. So this might be a little bit of a longer episode, but I hope you'll stick around because I got some trivia tucked in here. Pretty cool stuff, too. 
So the first scene is they uncover, they're excavating the uh, Megiddo area again, and it appears that uh, like seven more daggers appeared at the dig site and all the hands, it changes and like how it sells to these people, to the priests and, and then it gets handed to some other monastery or some shit like that. And then these priests get these seven daggers, which are called the seven daggers of Megiddo, by the way. Mm-hmm. That was the very beginning of the movie. I thought that was kind of a nice little transition of explaining the story without overly talking about it. Right. And it's, it seems like they always start out in these movies like this. Right. Well, kinda. Yeah. But I, I liked it. I like how they did that this time. But yeah. the, um, there's a new ambassador of England who is stopped by a Rottweiler in the middle of, of the park or whatever. And he somehow gets possessed or is upset. And he's like walking all weird back to the embassy past his fucking driver who opens the door for him. And he's like, nah, go into the embassy. And then he sets up this, he takes like ribbon from his typewriter and like all this stuff and rigs it and ties it to the door. And then he calls like his secretary and says, set up an appointment with everybody at the embassy uh, for three o'clock. A press conference. A press conference or something like that. And then it's like, they go to open the door and you're like, what did he rig? Like, what did he rig? Because they don't really show it. Right. And then they open the door and you see the gun get the trigger pulled and his fucking brains blow out on the fucking back wall and his leg is twitching and shit. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. That's a good way to start off a movie. Right. You got my attention, sir. So <laughs> root. I mean, immediately, unfortunately, it reminded me of Hey Man, Nice Shot. Uh-huh. Uh, that guy who like pulled out a gun and shot himself. Uh-huh. At that press briefing or whatever. Right. Which was like really fucked up. And Crazy. it kind of looks exactly like it, which is weird because this happened, of course. Before. Before, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, that fucking holy shit. Was that a fucking kill, man? That's like definitely the kill of the movie. Oh, totally. They turned it down a lot after that, though. Like everything yeah. else is more intended. So. But yeah, I like that scene. I thought it was really cool. But obviously, you know, Damien becomes more powerful as the president offers him as a job as an ambassador of the youth. Like, what the fuck is that? Well, he like he pressured the president to giving him that. Not really. He was just like, give it to me. Well, he wanted to give him the ambassador to Britain. And then, yeah. And then Damien was like, well, I need the thing to the youth, too. Right. Because he wanted him. He wanted to take over the children as well. Right. Teach, learn them well about Satan. Infect the children. Yeah, which is, it's just confusing because president, the he's like talking to the president and the president's like, oh, uh, Sally, can you just go ahead and put down blah, blah, blah as the ambassador of Britain and uh, uh, also the ambassador of the youth. Right. And he's like, he's like, but sir, uh, and he's like, make it happen. Isn't that against the law? Yeah, because I mean, the only thing the president can do is like suggest like nominate a president for the United States, but it has to be confirmed by the United States Senate. Uh-huh. And none of the ambassadors in the Omen series go through this process. So it's <laughs> well, like, they got Satan on their side. That's why. Yeah, they're just, pre- you know, you're an ambassador because I say show. Like even in the, what was it, the second one or whatever? Or no, no, it was in the the remake where he's like, oh, well, I guess I'll be the ambassador now. Well, I also thought it was weird because he went from being like the president of the Thorn Company to fucking the ambassador. Well, 
Well, there's like, a lot of like missing parts. Yeah, that's total. Yeah, huge missing th- gap. But you know, he has a lot of influence. He's kind of like a vampire because he's a demon. He right. can influence he's people. Glamoring people. Yeah. Glamoring. I've been watching a lot of True Blood. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where we meet the seven monks uh, who become monk assassins with each other and they have a dagger each to kill the antichrist which sounds hokey as fuck by the way and in in my mind like i pictured and fantasized about ninja priests killing damien like right. flipping around on the screen how pathetic were they yeah <laughs> they were well so bad you mean how uh, realistic were they because yeah obviously priests aren't going to be good at killing yeah but you know what when it comes to killing the antichrist they should be training for that the moment they're born there's you know what i mean this isn't just like a oh we're gonna corner him because the first assassination attempt was when he he went to britain and then he went on an interview he was on a tv show damien she's talking about when she says he yeah damien went to go interview on a tv show with this lady who has a lot to do with this movie right interview lady so they go to the studio right so this guy just comes he's just there he's all in black right he's like i'm gonna kill this guy and then he goes up in the rafters and he's he's like waddling around well well, first of all can i mention something why the fuck is he up in the rafters like 30 feet away from damien not overhead of him 30 feet away from him what was he gonna do get a running jump and stab him in the head he was gonna tarzan that shit he couldn't even stand on the rafters which is i didn't understand it was ridiculous and i don't even think he made it that far didn't he no he like tripped or something and then he gets his leg (laughs) caught on the fucking on one of the ropes and then he he gets lit on fire. I, I don't remember how, how the fire fuck that started. Happened. Oh, it was one of the one of the lights caught fire to something, and then he catches on fire into <laughs> the fucking plastic. So the plastic is like burning him alive, and he's swinging. So he's this swinging man on fire. By the way, they said that that scene in particular took two weeks to shoot. Wow, I can imagine because it was so technical. Yeah. So it interesting. Technical. It was a good. It was a good shot. And then he dropped the dagger, and Damien found the dagger, and then that's how he learned. Oh, the monk assassins right. are out to they, get me. They blew their load a little too stupid. Like they do that a lot in this movie, which is right. kind of frustrating because you would think that they wouldn't just like. There, there's another scene we'll talk about in a little bit. And I'll mention that about, but there was this really cool scene where Damien and this British journalist are walking through the park listening to all the different soapbox prophets, you know, talking about God and the end of times or whatever like that. And he's just kind of laughing at it because he knows how it's all going to go down. He's the fucking guy who's going to make it happen, essentially. You know what I mean? And he's just laughing. And I thought it was a really cool moment because then all of a sudden he walks by one of the guys who Damien thinks is looking at him they kind of paint that really well like they they really it's not that he's looking at him and pointing at him but damien feels that way and they really conveyed that part really well and i really love that about that part he walks by the one guy and he's talking about how it's gonna all end by peace which i think they've mentioned in the first or the second one and the third one i can't remember which one it is that the world will end by peace as an arbiter of peace Mm-hmm. pretty sure they mentioned it in the second one so i could be wrong but you could see damien is like visibly bothered by this and getting more uncomfortable and sam neil's acting between laughing and that was like it was just really good i don't know what it is just the really good scene 
Wasn't the 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 guy on the soapbox? Wasn't he one of the monks? I think so. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, but he wasn't looking at him directly. Like you could tell, it was just yeah, like. But he knew, like he knew. Right. He knew he was walking amongst him at that moment. Yeah. Meanwhile, you have some astrologist science guys who have noticed a convergence of stars that point to where the next Jesus is going to be born. Jesus point two point oh. The Nazareth. Jesus 2.0. I ain't fucking around. (laughs) Die hard with a vengeance. (laughs) Reborn with a vengeance. (laughs) Anyway, um, but that night, which, you know, Damien is none too happy about and wakes up in the middle of his sleep, you know, sweating like a fucking disgusting pig. And he's like freaking out because he's like weakening because the Jesus is born or whatever. Right. Which is weird. He wouldn't have known ahead of time. Like, you could tell the stars were aligning. Right. And if it was all in there, he would... You were saying, like, why didn't he have a team of scientists, too, that were looking for the yeah. stars to see when Je- was Jesus was going to be Some reborn? satanic astrologists. Yeah, they're like, knowledgeable. Yeah. These are, like... Those were, like, Christian astrologists. Satan is too. knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... But he has, that's where he has that moment where he's talking to the, the backward statue of Jesus on a cross. Uh huh. Like almost like he's whipping and lashing Jesus. Uh huh. And he puts his hands on his head and he's like, you Nazarene piece of shit, basically. <laughs> and blood drips down the face of the statue. This is where I'm talking about. Like, this is where the, the cinematography and some of the fucking shots and everything like that and the lighting and things were really good in this. Right. And the Jesus was crying tears. Of yeah. Blood. That's because it yeah. cut his hand. Oh. I didn't see that. I literally thought the statue was crying. Like Maybe. All those I thought he, because he sticks his hand on the thorns because he's like, I'm going to make these thorns go deeper into your skull, you piece of shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Damien's all pissed at him. But anyway, one of the priest assassins is followed by Damien to this old temple of God because they're trying to lure Damien out there to this, this, this secluded temple that is consecrated ground because they, they got to kill him on consecrated ground. They're going to trap him. They're yeah. going to trap the Antichrist. But of course, you know, Damien knows and he's he's about to get shanked by two of the priests, but they actually are tricked. And it's not Damien, but the priest assassin who is luring them there. Who are the priest assassins? Yeah, which is like they and then they get trapped under some weird grate in the floor and there's yeah. no way out. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't they be able to get out? Yeah, that was weird. I don't know what that was it a weird lo- death. And it looked like they pulled the grate over themselves. Yeah, these these assassins, this is where you realize that these yeah. assassins suck. They suck bad. <laughs> but there's two of them that try to corner Damien. This is what I was talking about earlier. They try to corner Damien on a fox hunt on a bridge, so they cover both ends. It's horrible. And the stupid thing that they do is they're like, yo, I got the fucking dagger, bitch. Like they've got the upper hand. First of all, if you're of God, you don't brag okay <laughs> braggadocio you don't do that shit because you just surprise him you're like hello damien did a and jab it in his neck you don't, you don't even fucking, say hello you don't you just, give him a heads up yeah that's it's not they, a sporting they, event they both pulled out their daggers like a half a mile yeah from where db was standing <laughs> they was both ridiculous. when you said it like that my mind went somewhere <laughs> bad half they're mile. all flapping their daggers around well, never mind flipping <laughs> And during that scene, go ahead. Go ahead. During the scene. During that scene with the hound dogs, I thought that was so cute because there were all these like hound dogs that he was using. And then all of a sudden, Damien tells the hound dogs to to go attack him, and the hound dogs. Well, he scares the other guy off a horse, and then that Mm -hmm. guy falls back over the bridge like a hundred feet down. Which, by the way, 
The guy who did that stunt, Vic Armstrong, performed that trick backwards mm-hmm. 100 feet. Wow. Fall. Oh, with a... He'd never done more than 70. Wow. So he said it was the scariest stunt he'd ever done. It was a Guinness Book World Record, I guess. Oh, wow. That's yeah. good to know. But yeah, the dogs go and chew up the other guy. And it was the cutest thing ever. Right. And Damien goes up to him, grabs his handkerchief around his neck, and puts blood on it because... The, the reporter's son is on a fox hunt for his first time, and everybody who does a fox hunt gets the blood of the fox put on their face. And when Damien comes back, the fucking kid, I forget what his name Peter? is. Peter? Peter, yeah. yeah. And he comes out and he's like, Damien, did you get the fox? He's like, well, there wasn't much left of it after the dogs got a hold of it. But I did get this. And he wipes the blood on one of his cheeks, and then he goes to wipe it on the other, and then Pe- <laughs> Peter's... But Peter's looking all sexual at fucking Damien. Like, what the fuck? That was weird. I was like, are they about to fuck? Like, what is this exchange? That was Satan taking over the child. Yeah, he was just trying to show him, like, how much he loved Satan and he was believing in him. Right. And his mom's like, that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, blood on your face of your child is weird to begin with, but I guess that's tradition. And that's when Damien really amps up looking for the second coming of Jesus because he he gets like all these people to meet up and all of his acolytes, they call him them minions. Yeah. And he commands his people to kill all the babies born near the date of the stars aligning and all of the baby boys. But of course, people call it a hoax and protest the death of babies with the rifles outside of the Capitol. But (laughs) sound familiar? But seriously, 20% of the babies are dying. And they have this news report on the TV where they say it's no different than the flu. And I'm serious. I'm like, what the fuck? This is hitting too close to home right now. <laughs> like, did this foretell the future? <laughs> this uh, is not The Simpsons. And then it made me think, are we in the end times right now? <laughs> because people are just like not giving a fuck about death and shit. Yeah, we're always in the end times. I don't know. I'm just saying it's this kind of like there was these little things that poked their head up that if I had seen this last year would have had a different perspective on but it was just i don't know i'm just being silly about the rifles they didn't they didn't (laughs) go outside and do rifles and everything but they were calling it like no big deal but that was part of his alkalites trying to spin it so that he could go out and kill baby jesus right exactly and isn't it convenient that Damien's secretary's wife just had a baby? Right, which is really the, the, the part of Barbara Dean. Yeah, Barbara Dean. Which he was like, nah, she was born 20 minutes before midnight, and they were only right. looking for babies between midnight and 6 a.m. on that day. Right. On the de- next day. Mm-hmm. But once he kills off every single baby born between there, they, of course, inevitably want to he wants to go after fucking Mr. Dean's fucking baby. And he's like, yo, you've gone too far. You're crazy. You're insane. <laughs> Even like the 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 kid's mom that got the blood on the face or whatever, she gets approached by one of the remaining priests. Yeah. Telling her about the baby deaths and Damien, the whole lot, and her own son worships Damien. Like, even she is wooed by his prowess and falls for him. And there's this really fucked up scene where, like, she knows that he's the son of Satan. They even go on a walk together on this date to go uh-huh. by the river or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I had a fish named, what did it, what did he call it? Some fish Wanda? named. Wanda? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
there was a fish that he had a name for it and he was like you know they call that the same that's what they the british call satan mm-hmm. nick was it nick oh i think so yeah yeah he was like nick he was like that fish is called nick and he's like and he's right there you see him and she was like where and she leans forward and falls over the railing and then he saves her and then they go back to his house she's like she's like i feel like i've i'm a moth and i've Dance too close to the flame. <laughs> like she knows that he's the son of Satan and then goes and fucks him anyway. Right. And then while they're having sex, she's like, all I want is you, Damien. And I'm kind of wondering, is he using his glamoring her? <laughs> yeah, he's glamoring her with his demon powers or whatever. Uh-huh. But then he's like, he does this really weird thing. Like it gets really fucking gross. He's like, he's like, birth is pain. Death is pain beauty's pain and flips her over and jams in his dick in her butthole yeah then he like raped her yeah like he he fucking ass rapes her right like what the fuck weird and then she wakes up with cuts all over her back Uh uh-huh and she's like looking for him and he's like passed out all fucking from from his fucking hedonist ways i guess and like laying by the cross that jesus is right. naked and she sees the 666 mark on the back of his head right confirming it all and it's like wow you really needed to go that far like it's yeah. really weird and she didn't even leave after that that's true it's that really weird well no she does leave after that because she, she i'm pretty sure yeah and then Damien assistant's wife had a baby hours before midnight. This is the one we were talking about, Barbara Dean. And this has been like this back and forth thing that they always kind of mention it. So Christina and I were thinking, oh, she, he's the son of, he's baby well, Jesus, he's Jesus too. He's the Nazareth. Yeah. Zion, what a fuck ever religion it is. <laughs> well, Christianity, right? <laughs> Wouldn't be. No, because the, the Mormons, I think it's like Zion. Oh, I don't know. And- Well, it's Christ, so I'm thinking Christ 2.0. Nazareth. But anyway, Damien commands him to kill his own child, his assistant. That's where he was like, you're insane, you're crazy. And before he gets home, his wife is ironing and sees the baby's face, and she thinks it's like some weird dead or demonic thing. It, like, turns its head to her like, hello. And (laughs) that's Barbara. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, my God. And then Damien's assistant comes home and he walks over to the child's thing and sees, obviously, that she's melted the baby's face off and killed it. You don't see the baby's face, but he screams and turns around and she jams him in the face with the iron. I thought that was just like kind of fucking dark. Like, I was like, oh, did they kill the baby Jesus? Like, what's going on? Weird. I was confused at that point. I was very confused. So obviously they did a good job of convincing us to think that that was the baby Jesus. Right. Like they were clearly trying to lead us to that, which is funny because that is the 666th frame, the the shot on a slate. Uh So when they go action, that was the 666th scene. Clever. They did that on purpose, of course, but it's interesting that they put that in there. Plus, when they were shooting that scene for Slate 666, Uh the camera jammed. Huh. Maybe Satan didn't want them making this movie. He was like, damn it, don't burn the baby's face off. (laughs) You can't melt children. I mean, I have boundaries. (laughs) That's fucked up. But the journalist uh, eventually is mad because Damien is turning her son. And so she tells Damien that she'll trade her son for the baby Jesus and tell him where the baby Jesus is, which is another trap. Of course. Of course. 
But when he shows up, the head priest ninja is down to kill. He's DTK. DTK. <laughs> he tries stabbing him, but Damien's like, nah, I'll put the kid in front of me. <laughs> of so, course. So the kid, Barbara, or not Barbara, the, the fucking journalist's kid is gets stabbed in the back by the priest. And the priest is like, oh, no. Oh, how silly am I? Maybe I should have had more training for my Antichrist killing. Yeah, my, my assassin skills are really not paying <laughs> oh, off. I'm not a very good ninja monk. <laughs> it said on the line that you had to do this and <laughs> before the internet. And that's when we thought this epic battle was going to occur between baby Jesus and Damien the devil. Right. Where we're going to see like baby Jesus with like a headband and like a cross on the, on his forehead and like doing flips like Yoda and shit. <laughs> <laughs> like I was hoping it was going there. Oh, no. me too. No, there's no way that would happen, but it, it, it did cross our minds. But she takes the knife out of her dead kid and stabs Damien, Sam Neill, in the back, calling him a bastard. Mm-hmm. And he smiles and waddles off, dying, looking for the baby. And he hears crying in the background. And then you see this huge, glowing Jesus. Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, wait, that's a little mermaid. Yeah, it totally is. But Jesus apparently doesn't need to come back as a baby. Hmm. Yeah. And they have this little thing that pops up as Damien dies. It says, behold, the lion of Judah, the Messiah who came first as a child, but not returns as a child, but now as a king of kings to rule in power and glory forever. Shittiest ending ever. (laughs) It is pretty uh, anticlimactic, but. You left and went to bed. This is where you got all huffy with me. I didn't get huffy. I was fucking tired. I had to fucking work. <laughs> and I had to go to work. I'm just giving you shit, God. okay? But you, you after that, you see the journalist walking and carrying her dead son and a man walking alongside her. You don't see his face. And there's like some revelation scripture about... It's chapter 21, verse 4, and it says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And What? Yeah. And then you see, like, her carrying her son. He hands her her son, and then she walks with him out of the church as Damien's laying on the ground. And I'm thinking, is that Jesus? Is she rocking a walk with Jesus? I mean, I know he's always been there for her, always (laughs) walking her. (laughs) But now he's physically there walking with her. It's not just some cute poem that they wrote on the internet. (laughs) That's funny. Do you know what I'm talking about? The one with the footprints in the sand? Yeah, exactly. The footprint one, yeah. Yeah. I was always there walking alongside of you. Jesus, in my hardest times, I only saw one foot of set of footprints in the sand. (laughs) Anyway, I don't know. Is it Jesus or the priest? Because all all he does is slap the priest, but I'm assuming it's Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is just crazy, man. Yeah, he he had some fucking issues. What? I don't know. What are you trying to say? What is, so what? And then what happened to the Book of Revelations? That I was that they're supposed to be like locusts. And- I mean, that's why a lot of people don't like this movie, and I totally get it. Like, if you're gonna, but this is an older well, movie, so I, well, I guess it it didn't the whole end of the book didn't come into fruition. Yeah, I mean, so. I I don't know. It's definitely debatable whether or not you like it, but I I kind of liked it. It wasn't terrible. Yeah, it wasn't. 
it wasn't. It wasn't fun. great. No, like it, it could have been so much cooler. But I think that they really right. wanted to treat this films, these films, with like a classic respect. Like even Wes Craven talks about that. It's very respectful in For- the sense that it is not trying to be this hokey thing. It's trying to te- treat it, treat it like a real thing. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I see. And if you're just like throwing angels and demons fighting in locusts and. See, I think I think that's all bullshit. The well, respect they do that- thing, because I mean, the, the real Christians they they didn't give two shits about this movie. So, um, you know I mean? no, I believe there was protests and stuff. In the well, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Is so why not up it up a notch? <clears throat> why do you have to be respectful to? Did the you know writing? that there was protests for the new Damien TV show as well? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And I actually I forgot about that. I actually haven't finished the actual Omen book yet because I've been watching the Damien. I've started rewatching the series. That's right. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of heavy nods to the original in this one, and that I don't know if there was for the second one. Oh, and why doesn't he have a British accent? Maybe they just cut out the the second one, and it's only also in the show. They retconned the first, uh, uh, the second and the third film and fourth. Jeez. For the Damien TV show, yeah. Yeah, well, even in the Damien TV show, he's 29. Right. In 2016. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I yeah, I, I I thought these were okay. I, I remember I was talking to a, another uh, podcast. They were, they were, they just went through this whole thing. They're called, uh, Scare Traducing podcast. Oh, yeah? And, uh, they, they, uh, they weren't too fond of these movies. But I mean, I, I, I'm, it's all relative, you know, like whatever you think right. is good. I mean, I'm not, I don't, love these but right you know i can i think the first movie's strong enough that i can appreciate these right so that's why i watch them it's what i always say it's all it's about the story you wouldn't watch these out of order anyway no so it's hard to go oh well you know is this a good movie or not or i don't know but yeah 5.5 for the other one 6.5 so far so far our favorite movies and then you're gonna have to pick in order by the way which one beats the other by the way you're gonna have to um, because we're going to put these in order. So far, it's first one, third one, second one, and probably the fourth one. But I haven't seen it yet, so we don't know. Third one, second one, first one. You like the third one? Third. Well, I don't know because... The- no, you'd have to go third and second or th- second and third. Which would be first? Third. So third, second, first. First. So weird, I'm backwards. Dude. I'm backwards. You're oh, freaking sorry. me out. <laughs> <laughs> Am I a mass card counterfeit? Oh my god. But guys, we're going to be going ahead and doing our last movie next week. We were thinking about doing the there's a the Omen TV series that's like completely different it has something to do with like a cult or something like that that was out in 96. Yeah. And I th- we thought about watching that, but I think we're just going to watch The Awakening next week and I'm going to catch up on some of the movies that I got in the mail um and watching those and talking about them and an upcoming uh horror movie haul for the YouTube channel. So if you haven't followed that, you should go there and do that. But what do you guys think, man? Like, I mean, I know that there's a lot of people that really don't like these, but I think I was pretty fair about it. Christina is just shocking as fuck about the whole goddamn thing. Shocking. 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 Um, I don't know. I would love to hear what you guys think about this order. If you have seen them, uh, so far, we're going to be doing the fourth one next week, which we are going to rent on one of the, you know, digital outputs or whatever. You can do it on YouTube and prime. And we're going to watch that for next week and then kind of talk about 
you know, what we thought of the whole thing. And it'll be a little bit of a shorter episode, so it'll probably make up for this one. <laughs> so, but uh, I really do appreciate you guys coming by every week. You guys really are the best. Really want to thank you guys for sharing this episode with your friends. If you enjoy these movies, let us know. If you don't, let us know down in the comment section down below. There is no wrong answer in our book. It's just opinions. So I would love to hear from you guys. And uh, next week, like I said, Omen 4, The Awakening. So be ready for that. But you have anything else to say, Christina? I love you, listener. <laughs> I love you, listener. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week for another episode of Beyond the Void. And as always, long live the void. So...